the interview of the week here on KTH, 9, 10 a.m. on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Thanks for joining us. An interesting topic we have for the program today. This is something that personally interests me and excites me. I uh, Not so many months ago, I got an email uh, from a gentleman named Carlos Crespo saying that plans were underway to... Uh, bring a Chesterton Academy High School to Fort Worth. And I love G.K. Chesterton. I love academics. I love uh, a, a lot of things that this uh, school has to offer. And so I went to one of their meetings, got to know them, and asked them to come and do an interview and kind of update our audience about what's what's going on, what the plans are. So Carlos Crespo is in studio with me. He's president of the board of Chesterton Academy of Fort Worth, and also with him, Stephen Barmore, who is the vice president. They have a secretary by the name of Doug Allen. He's not here with us. Website, ChestertonAcademyFW.org. And so in the next 25 minutes or so, we're going to just find out what's going on with this potential new high school in the the Fort Worth Diocese proper Um but uh, what exactly, how it's affiliated with the Forward Diocese, we'll get into that as well. So welcome to both of you. Thanks for being here. And uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and uh, why you're inspired to be involved with Chester Academy. We'll start with you, Carlos. Yeah, thanks for having us, Dave. Well, like you said, yeah, my name is Carlos Crespo. I'm originally from Ecuador. Uh, I first came to uh, Texas uh, when I was 19. Uh, I went to TCU. And you can say what kept me here was a, was a beautiful Texan woman. So I'm, I'm pretty much, and now we have a, a five-year-old, so you can call me an adoptive uh, Texan now. Uh, I, like I said, I went to TCU, and I'm, I'm an engineer, uh, and then I, I did my MBA at TCU okay. as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, as, uh, since I became a parent, uh, yeah, I've been concerned, more concerned about the education for our children. So yeah. We can say, I mean, that would be the the, the main mo- uh, motivator that uh, uh, made us uh, do what we're doing today, which is to start a, a Catholic high school in, in our city. Yeah, very good. Stephen, how about you? Can you tell our listeners about yourself? Yeah, hi, Dave, thanks again for having us. We appreciate it very much. Um, I'm Stephen Barmore. I'm from the Houston area. been up here for about a decade. Um, I'm here probably as an effect of a philosophy professor I had uh, as an undergraduate uh, at the time, I was an, uh, an atheist. Um, this philosophy professor was able to expose uh, his students, including me, to the preambles to the faith. He himself was a practicing Catholic. He drew me in that way intellectually, uh, which led to my conversion uh, to the Catholic Church in 2010. Um, married, been married for 10 years, have three beautiful daughters. And um, yeah, the combined experience of coming to the faith through, through teaching led me to first become a teacher myself, taught for eight years and uh, also to want to share the faith with others. Yeah, very good. Uh, interesting backgrounds for both of you, for sure. Uh, Carlos, a lot of people have never heard of Chesterton Academy, or they're hearing about it for mm-hmm. the first time. I know that there are others and across the country, and others mm-hmm. are popping up even uh, as close to us as Wichita Falls, as you told me before we started. What is Chesterton Academy, and a little bit about the history of it, if you could. Yeah, of course. Uh, so... From, from their website, the Chesterton Schools Network, uh, it says in, in 2007, uh, it was Tom Bengtson and Dale Alquist. Dale Alquist, I'm sure that's a name very mm-hmm. familiar to yeah. your listeners. Uh, they co-founded the first Chesterton Academy. Similar to, to us uh, here in Fort Worth, they had young families at the time and they were concerned. Uh, they were seeking for other alternatives uh, as far as Catholic high school 
Catholic education uh, for their for their children. So uh, they they got together and they started uh, Chesterton Academy. Now, obviously, Del Alc was being a uh, Chesterton scholar. Uh, mm-hmm. You can you can see why they named it Chesterton Academy. Uh, and their mission was to offer a classical integrated high school education that was faithful to the Catholic Church and affordable for families of average means. Yeah. And since then, uh, a few years later, so in 2013, apparently from yet since they opened the school until yet 20 through 2013, they had several requests to open more Chesterton academies, uh, mainly in the Midwest, because that's where it started in Minneapolis. And so they started the, the Chesterton Schools Network, uh, mm. part of the, uh, the Society of, of GK Chesterton. And since then, uh, since yeah, 2013, they have opened another, I want to say, 43 schools. So according to their website, they have 44 operating schools today. Uh, we are one of, I think, between 10 and 15, I, I cannot recall the number, that will, God willing, uh, open uh, in the fall of 2023. Wow. And we would be one of three that will op- open in, um, in, in the fall of 2023. In Texas. Okay. Okay. Uh, there are so this is really, uh, 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 of the 44, there are al- already two uh, here in Texas. Okay. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, thank, thank you for that background. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen, you mentioned your love of academics and philosophy. And so I'm guessing you're very likely a fan of G.K. Chesterton himself. And I, I want to make sure, you know, for listeners who don't even know who this is or may not be familiar with him, I'm, I'm a big fan and I love his writing. But uh, could you just give our listeners a little bit of a bio of Ch- G.K. Chesterton himself and also perhaps how, you know, his influence, of course, he's passed away, but uh, it plays into Chesterton Academies. Sure. I'm not sure that I could do justice to, you know, a biography of, of, of Chesterton, even in a kind of thumbnail sketch. Uh, I first discovered his writings um, when I was in college. I was meeting with some evangelical uh, Christians who were reading uh, this book called Heretics. I'd never heard of G.K. Chesterton before. I was like, well, what is this? And I got into it and just the, the wit, um, the, the depth, um, the the humor uh, drew me in uh, and, and provoked um, some serious thought about um, about truth about uh, about falsehood is it is it mocks and, and kind of apes truth um, and that you know served me well along my my journey into the Catholic uh, religion um, Chesterton was you know he was a journalist he was a novelist um, he was a humorist he wrote thousands of things. Um, many, many of your listeners, I'm sure, have read G.K. Chesterton's work. If you haven't, you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Everlasting Man, Orthodoxy, Heretics, uh, Father Brown's stories, just to name a few. Yeah, yeah. He was English, and mm-hmm. I think he was maybe a contemporary of like C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. I think he lived a little bit he, older than them, but yes, yeah, yeah. Came uh, before he influenced them. In yes, fact, correct. I think had a great influence mm-hmm. on Tolkin and C.S. Lewis, and mm-hmm. so that that in, in and of itself, <laughs> correct. Yeah, uh, actually, should, should, I think uh, C.S. Lewis. Uh, uh, Part of his conversion uh, was influenced by the writings of G.K. Chesterton, yeah, correct? Yeah, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Carlos, the Chesterton Academy is called a classical high school in the Catholic tradition. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are wondering, okay, is this a diocesan school? Is it a charter school? What exactly is the classification and how is it different from a, a school like, say, Nolan or uh, Casada or Great Hearts or, you know, Founders or something like that? What, 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 how, what is, how do you describe it? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to answer uh, some pieces of that question, and then I will defer to Stephen uh, to talk about how the curriculum differentiates. Okay. Uh, Stephen would be more knowledgeable about that. But 
as far as like, what is the classification of this Chesterton Academy. So it will not be a diocesan school. So uh, as per the canon law, I believe, uh, you, schools can only be called Catholic uh, according to the, uh, if the bishop grants that title. Okay. We will be an independent private school that teaches Catholic doctrine. We will have theology, philosophy, uh, we'll, we'll uh, uh, teach the Bible, Old Testament, New, New Testament. Um, so like, in the, like I said, it will not be diocesan, uh, how it will differentiate from other diocesan schools and even charter schools, uh, for example. So I mentioned how we will teach theology and Catholic doc- doctrine, which mm-hmm. many uh, charter schools don't. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking of great yeah, hearts. Probably and, can't, and, yeah. Correct. Yeah. I'm thinking of great hearts and, and founders. And uh, the Chesterton Academy of Fort Worth will also be, by design, uh, a small school. We would like to cap the total number of students for four years, 9 through 12, at 200. And Mm -hmm. that is uh, the suggestion uh, of the Chesterton Schools Network. And the reason for that is because once you go above 200 students, it's a lot harder to keep up with with the culture that a Chesterton Academy wants to foster, which yeah. is which is that of uh, joy, gratitude, uh, joy, gratitude, uh, and wonder, which mm-hmm. are three main characteristics of the writings of G.K. Chesterton. And as far as the curic- curriculum, the integrated curriculum, uh, I, I will probably defer to, to Stephen to talk a little bit about that and how it differentiates from, from okay. other schools. Yeah, Stephen? Sure, yeah. I mean, we could talk about the integrated curriculum. Um, by integrated curriculum, we mean at least two things. Um, one, all of the subjects that are taught um, by grade level are integrated with one another. So your freshman year is going to treat the ancient world. In theology, you're going to read the Old Testament. You're going to read, in literature, you're going to read Homer. In the philosophy uh, class, you're going to you know, be exposed to the pre-Socratics up to Plato and Aristotle. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to move into the sophomore year, um, the early church up to the low Middle Ages, junior year, high Middle Ages to the Renaissance, and, and your senior year from the Renaissance to the modern age. Um, in terms of it's, you know, the other aspect I should say about its integration is the integration of faith and reason, um, which would differentiate it from your charter schools who offer a, also offer and do it well, a classical education. So the overt, explicit teaching uh, or, or intended transmission of Catholic doctrine is, is part of a Chesterton Academy. Um, you could also contrast both what we're attempting to do with Chesterton Academy and other um, uh, charter schools with the um, with what goes on in public schools. Public schools has as their you know as their mission to make students college career military ready. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, Chesterton Academy has as its mission to prepare students for the four last things: um, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And so the the goal of uh, Chesterton Academy through its curriculum, through the Socratic method, through the um, leading of students from wonder, which is the first principle of learning, um, through the various stages of their intellectual and spiritual and social formation, is to get them to heaven. That's the goal, which we share, obviously, with diocesan schools um, and any other Catholic school. Yeah, well, but as Carlos mentioned, the size. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a lot smaller than I thought it would be. But mm-hmm. you, for reasons you explained, you want that uh, that that small, intimate approach. I'm sure you want the teacher-student ratio to be to be pretty yeah. low as well. If you're just joining us, this is the interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. I have in studio with me Carlos Crespo, president of the board of the. Uh, 
the the new newly uh, planning stage of a Chesterton Academy of Fort Worth. Stephen Barmore is the vice president of the board. The website for Chesterton Academy of Fort Worth is ChestertonAcademyFW.org. And um, the plan is, uh, God willing, for fall of 23, uh, for school to begin at this academy. And, uh, so if one of you could tell me, when did this effort begin uh, and... Um, you know how how it's kind of going along so far. I mean, I think I'm trying to think of when I went to that first organizational meeting. It must have been at least uh, gosh, four, three, four months ago. Maybe, back in May. Back mm-hmm. okay, back in May, so half a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so um, when did it start, and kind of where where are you at this point? Well, uh, Stephen and, uh, and and my family, we we've known each other since 2012. Uh, at the time, both of our our wives, well, at the time. My, my girlfriend, now now my wife, we're going through RCIA, so uh, we've known each other for yeah ten we can say ten years, and I knew Stephen was a was a teacher. So uh, fast forward to I believe it was October of 2019. Uh, I I called Stephen for a beer and uh, <laughs> I, I pitched the idea. Yeah. Hey, why don't we start school, a uh, high school? Uh, and the the idea came to me because, like I said, I mean I had the time. I had a two year old. And then I started thinking about his education and, and Catholic schools. I come from a, a, a Ecuador, which is a mostly Catholic country, and yeah. my hometown had you can choose from wherever high school schools that you that you that you, that you wanted. So why uh, the question came up? Why doesn't Fort Worth have more Catholic high schools? So yeah, I, I threw the idea to to uh, uh, Stephen, and um, a few months later, in March of 2020. Uh, I think, believe it was around that time. It was definitely March, my birthday. My wife bought me a membership to the Society of G.K. Chesterton. Uh. I started getting newsletters from them. And uh, one of those newsletters called uh, mentioned how they were going to open about 12 schools that, that fall. Mm-hmm. So we looked into that idea. I mean, it was a Catholic. It was a high school. It was classical, which is what we wanted. And, uh, of course, it was... G.K. Chesterton, which at the time I was uh, starting to to discover, and I, I just fell in love with his writings. It just it was perfect. And uh, since then, yeah, we, we we reached out to the Chesterton Schools Network, and uh, they have actually pretty much guided us through the process. Like I said before, in 2013, the Chesterton Schools Network was uh, established with the purpose to uh, guide groups of families like us. I mean, this is a grassroots effort. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to start a school, a high school. So and you mentioned the grassroots effort. Uh, probably one of the biggest challenges is just letting people know that this is happening. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like this are very helpful, radio interviews, and I'm sure you have an email list and all that. So uh, what else, Stephen, has been the, the the methodology of trying to get the word out and how, how successful have you been to bring awareness of, about this effort? Sure. It's been, a, it's been as Carlos has described it, a uh, grassroots effort um, spread primarily through word of mouth. Uh, through these in- info sessions that we we host, I say we uh, Alan, the Allen family graciously hosts. Um, we are on social media, Facebook. You can find us there. We have a website, um, and just yeah, through word of mouth, it is it, you know knowledge of the Chesterton Academy, 
our efforts has has spread from uh, from parish to parish, family to family. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the the response that you you get is people's like, yeah, yeah, we need another fo- uh, high school in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. and I think everybody would agree with that. I think the diocesan office certainly would say, gosh, because you got Nolan, you got uh, Casada, and that's pretty much it for this huge growing uh, mm-hmm. diocese. Cristo Rey as well. Yeah, you okay, can, yeah, can, Cristo Rey. Yeah, I forgot I yeah. forgot about them. Uh, so what what other kind of feedback are you getting? What are people at? What questions they asking? Or are they talking about, you know, when you have these informational meetings or what kind of response overall are you getting? Uh, I would say for, uh, for now, uh, moderately uh, good uh, response, considering that um, it's mainly word of mouth. And yeah. uh, now after this interview, we hope the word will get out even more. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, is, that, is, that is a hope. Uh, but mainly uh, we've been reaching out to, uh, so for example, uh, the Barmores here, as well as the Allens. Uh, the other family on the board, they are uh, homeschooling families. So we've been mainly focused on that group of, uh, of families. Uh, we see the homeschoolers, um, a large chunk of those homeschoolers uh, come to our school, mm-hmm. as well as uh, charter schoolers. Uh, of course, many devout Catholic families who want to have the Catholic uh, identity in their, in their school. And one thing that attracts them uh Quite significantly, I would say is that uh, Chesterton Academy offers daily mass. Daily mass is required uh, for every student, okay. Catholic or no, or not, or, or no Catholic, uh, but they're required to go uh, to go to mass. So their response, I would say, it's it ha- has been has been good. Uh, where I am, I've been surprised. Where uh, a little bit uh, is in the response we've had from uh, potential teachers. Mm. Uh, a lot of interest. Uh, we have we haven't uh, we haven't even posted. Uh, positions or anything like that we have reached out to the university of dallas we have had a, a couple conversations with them and uh yeah uh, um about i would say uh, a few of them uh, a few uh, potential teachers that has, uh, have reached out to us interested in in a position at a chesterton academy academy and what is calling them to that is the the catholic identity mm-hmm. Uh, which at the moment there right now those teachers uh, they are not teaching at a catholic institution yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh fall of 23 you know here mm-hmm. we are in november as of this recording and fall of 23 not that i have to tell y'all it's like right around the corner you know less mm-hmm. than a year away how realistic uh is is that set in stone is that the plan how many students would you like to start out with uh, you're probably not going to have your 200 students yet that's kind of where you're right. growing to but mm-hmm. uh what, what do you think is is you think that's a, a realistic goal to start in the fall of 23 and how many students do you think you'd like to have if god wills it then it will happen um it, it could also uh have to wait until the following year yeah uh, i think mm-hmm. to make we need what, 15 to 25 students 15 to 25 students. yeah and so you know we're moving at this each each day each step um looking to see if the barriers that present themselves can be surmounted and as of yet uh nothing has has stopped the effort mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking to make uh, 15 to 25 students to have our ninth grade class. We yeah. might accept some, maybe for a 10th grade class. But you know, if you if you would normally matriculate into an 11th or 12th grade, we're not looking for that. So we're you know our target um, age group there would be you know going into freshman year right, right. next year. Uh, Do a stair step approach. Stair location? Step. Do you guys have a, a location picked yet? Uh, at the moment, uh, no. We we do not have a location. We are looking looking for property uh, west of uh, thirty five in the Fort Worth area. Of course, uh, 
Yeah, the reason, well, two reasons. Uh, yeah, we of course we have uh, Nolan uh, east of, of Fort Worth, so we want to be located uh, opposite. And uh, also, like I said, I mean, for the Fort Worth diocese, many Catholic families uh, are, are choosing to go um, to move to the southwest mm-hmm. Fort Worth. So think of uh, Alito. And uh, we would also uh, like to cater to uh, families in Weatherford. Yeah, I know. I understand Weatherford. Um, yeah, there's an important Catholic community there that uh, I'm sure they would be interested in a, in a school uh, for their children. Yeah. You mentioned uh, affordable uh, early on in the interview. Do you have an idea yet of what the costs are going to be, perhaps compared to, uh, you know, regular Catholic schools, which I know that that can be very prohibitive for a lot of people who want to send their, their kids to Catholic schools. So, so do you have a ballpark of what, what tuition would cost and is financial aid going to be a possibility? Um, yeah, seven to eight thousand per year per student is the Chesterton Schools Network, um, you know, model. That's what we're, yeah. you know, again, their, their stated mission is to provide a Catholic education for um, working families of, of you know, of, of average means. Mm-hmm. And while you know, certainly diocesan high schools do offer tuition assistance and scholarship programs, it's it's where the the tuition is for everybody at a Chesterton Academy, seven yeah. to eight thousand per year per student. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's I, I don't know exactly what Catholic high schools are charging these days. I went to Jesuit, and I know mm-hmm. you know from when the time I graduated to now, it's probably you know twenty times what what we were paying back then. So yeah, that mm-hmm. seems relatively low, I think, compared to most uh, pri- private schools. Uh-huh. That's within yeah. the average of all Chesterton Academies ac- across the the country, and also is very comparable to the tuition that. The K through eight Catholic schools, uh, the yeah. two largest K through eight Catholic schools, charge in in Fort Worth. Yeah. Now with two hundred students, um, I, I don't know. You, uh, you down the road, if if you know this comes to fruition ten years from now, do you do you have the football and the basketball team and the volleyball team and the chess club and you know, uh, the, are, what would the extracurriculars look like? Would well, you say they're they're necessary yeah. as part of a whole person formation? You've got to have intellectual, spiritual, and social. Uh, formation. So, um, extracurriculars at, at Chesterton schools are, are student driven, uh, you know, parent supported, very much community driven. Um, yeah, starting out with 15 students, you know, you're limited in what you can do, but you're not restricted from what you want to do in terms mm-hmm. of extracurriculars. So, if the students want to have a soccer team, we're going to have a soccer team. Yeah. If that means we, we cooperate with, um, like a YMCA in the area, then that's the way we'll do it. Um, pulling together resources. You know, if that means buying a hundred dollar goal, um, you know, basketball goal and setting it up in the, you know, <laughs> parking lot, then that's how we'll do it at first. But by all means, uh, any, you know, student club, uh, or sport or group is highly encouraged, uh, and student driven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about the, the plans for a Chesterton Academy in Fort Worth. My guests are Carlos Crespo and Stephen Barmore. They are the president and vice president, respectively, of the board of Catholic, um, Chesterton Academy Fort Worth. Website is chestertonacademyfw.org. We're down to about two minutes. And so I just want to close out here by, asking you to tell our listeners how they can learn more and also how they can get in touch with you if they are interested in applying for a position, learning more, getting a, I guess there's not tours because there's no physical uh, uh, school yet, but if they want to come to one of your information sessions or that kind of thing. Can you tell us about that, Carlos? Yeah, well, let me uh, first uh, mention the uh, next uh, info session we have on November 10th at uh, 630 if you want uh, details about that session, you can go to our website, uh, chestertonacademyfw.org. Uh, 
uh, you can RSVP through through the website, or uh, you can also email us at um, info at chestertonacademyfw.org. Email address is there uh, on the website as well. Uh, we usually answer within yeah with 40, 48 hours, and also yeah for for, the, for parents who are interested in, in enrolling their children, and for uh, teachers who are interested in a, in, a, uh, in in working for for a authentically Catholic uh, institution like Chesterton Academy, like we wish a Chesterton Academy for Worth uh, will be. Okay. And you plan on having these information sessions uh, pretty regularly and yeah, the, the end uh, of this year and into next year as well? Correct, yeah. So this uh, this one in November will be our third info session this year. We had the first one in May, then uh, July, June, July, and now, uh, and now in, in November. Uh, we hope to hold uh, have some uh, different events also for, for prospective students, uh, so that students will also get to know each other and, and see who's going to be at this brand new school. I know. I mean, we, we also want to consider what the students uh, would like to have. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. So obviously, the most important people right now are uh, parents who have children in eighth or ninth grade. Uh, they're the ones that could start immediately in the fall of 23 if it right. does come to fruition then. Mm-hmm. Of course, anybody younger than that uh, could you know, potentially be a student down the road as well. Thank you so much for to both mm-hmm. of you for what you're doing uh, for children and for the faith. Uh, Carlos Crespo and Stephen Barmore, my guests. The website, ChestertonAcademyFW.org. Again, the plans, if all goes well, God willing, is to begin this with a, a relatively small group of students, 15 or so, they're saying, in the mm-hmm. fall of 23. Okay, fall of 23 at a location somewhere west of I-35. And uh, again, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, this has been the interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Thanks to Diane Xavier for running the board. Thank you for listening. And also, if you have suggestions for future interviews, I'd love to hear from you. If it's local and Catholic, it fits the, the bill for this program. Just email me directly, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. The Catholic Marketing Network, CMN, invites you to their 2022 Christmas event on December 16th through the 18th at the Hilton Anatole in Dallas. This family Christmas event features inspirational talks from Father Mike Schmitz, Chris Stefanik, family activities, including Christmas pageant, live music, fun games and activities, pictures and story time with St. Nicholas, gift shopping and more. For information and tickets, cmnchristmas.com. That's cmnchristmas.com. The Advent and Christmas seasons are approaching and Little Angels Catholic Store in Capel wants to help you make it a prayerful and spiritual time. You can find books and resources to fill your Advent with a sense of holy anticipation and they have Christmas gifts for your loved ones including rosaries and religious jewelry, music, artwork, nativity sets, stocking stuffers and more. Little Angels is a longtime sponsor of the GRN. They're located at 600 East Sandy Lake Road in Capel, just west of St. Anne Parish. They can be reached at 972-304-5200. Hello and welcome everybody to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Uh, my name is Dave Palmer. Diane Xavier is running the board. And we like to talk about Catholic things on this program. If it's local and Catholic, then it fits the uh, uh, for this program. And I recently was at a an event at our my dear friend Margie John Julio's house where she was giving an information session about uh, the Sierra Club for the, the, the Metro Dallas Sierra Club, I think it's her, her group. And I met a whole lot of really nice people, some familiar faces, and I came across one wonderful lady by the name of Lauren Davis. She was there with her uh, son, Pierce, and her husband, Ben, 
and just has a really interesting story of really engagement, involvement in the local community, uh, becoming Catholic, uh, just has undergone a lot of suffering and, you know, just a whole lot in her life. So I asked her to come in and tell us a little bit about her story. And here she is in studio with me. So, uh, Lauren, thanks for being here. Good, yeah. good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. So you, um, you were born in Houston into a, a family that was far from Catholic, uh, really, uh, not, uh, like atheist antagonistic to Christian family. Is that, is that how, how you de- would describe your upbringing or uh, what was your upbringing like? Sure. Yes. Um, yes, I was raised by completely non-believers, but I don't, you know, I love my parents very much. Yeah. They did their best, but it just wasn't part of, of who they were and right. very much, uh, were, would say things like, if I don't see it, I don't believe it. But I always felt a, you know, a calling to Jesus. It was somehow present in my life in, uh, in ways by, I look back as a mother and I think of all these mothers that showed up in my life and would take me to church here or there. My parents never said no, but they just certainly were kind of looked at me like, Hmm, why does she want to go to church? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who wants to go to church? So from a young age, you were drawn to uh, Christianity. Yes, yeah, I com- I very much was and always went to, um, when I got invited to like Wednesday night church at a Baptist yeah. church in our little town in Cannon Lake. Um, I had a dear friend, um, the Doves, uh, Deanna Dove, and my friend was Ashley. And, and when I'd spend the night at her house, um, she dressed me up like her, do my hair like her, put me in a church dress, and I think it was like a Church of Christ or something, mm-hmm. and we'd go and do the thing, and I just loved it. Yeah. So why, what was the attraction to the Catholic Church? Your husband was a fallen away Catholic, but, but cradle Catholic, right, Ben? Yes. And, uh, and I should say that, uh, Ben and Lauren have, uh, three children. Benjamin is 15, Paris is 14, Caroline is almost 12, and, uh, they live in Dallas. Uh, so what, what was the kind of movement towards Catholicism? Sure. Yeah. My husband's family was Catholic. His mother, or his grandmother was actually left on the doorstep of a convent. Oh, yes. Right. She was raised okay. by nuns. And then her, his mom was adopted and raised very, you know, very strict Catholic. And right before his confirmation, for whatever reason, I think it might have been the passing of his grandmother, um, they just sort of fell away. And, you know, life life happens that way for some of us in, in families. And so when we found each other, my husband and I, when we were 16 in high school, um, we just had a real strong sense and bond of um, wanting to break the cycle and just to live our life a little differently than, mm-hmm. say, how we were raised. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. truly believe parents are doing their best and um, of what they know and where they're at in life. And it's our job to continue to keep doing better. And um, so when we decided to get married, we married very young in 2005, I believe we were 20. Um, it started making me think about um, how I wanted to live my life and raise my family. And um, he was so gracious and went around to all the churches. <laughs> I said, I want to try them all out. You know, I want to try them on. <laughs> we went yeah. to big mega churches. We went to that church, this church, and, and we landed um, one day at St. Michael's in Bedford. Yeah. And yeah. I just got this overwhelming sense of, 
I'm home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember saying that. And you weren't Catholic yet, right? You, no, you're just, you're, you're, you're not at all. Okay. And my husband, I, I would say, wasn't he Catholic. He was a baptized Catholic, but not practicing. Not practicing yeah. at all. And he was just very kind and, and open to me just exploring all the different faiths because I just had no foundation, mm-hmm. right? Other yeah. than going around to different churches with friends. So I was very curious. And um, and just I just remember, I'll never forget that day. I can see it in in my eyes being at St. Michael's and just literally saying, this feels like mm-hmm. home. Yeah, I, I loved uh, how calm it was, how um, just uh, tra- all the traditions, um, it just felt right. Yeah. And yeah. so I decided to do RCIA there. I had never been baptized before. So um, I did the RCIA program at St. Michael's mm, Okay, and he did it with me too. And oh, we had okay. sponsors and he got his confirmation because oh, he never good. was confirmed. That must've been great for the marriage. Oh, it was. And right at that time we were getting married and we got married in a Catholic church, a really beautiful mission in San Antonio. Okay. Um, so we just made a firm commitment to raise our family Catholic and be Catholics and, and love it. I loved RCIA so much. Yeah, yeah. And you have, um, you, you're, you're a, a person at St. Monica and mm-hmm. sometimes Christ the King in Dallas. And you even taught CCD at St. Monica in the last five years or so, right? Yes, yeah. I got the opportunity when I was in, enrolling my kids for their classes. Um, they were down volunteers. And yeah. you'll maybe learn about me through this interview that when called or when asked, I just do. Yeah. I'm a very action-oriented person, and um, they needed a volunteer. And I said, well, um, I'm new, and yeah. I don't know much, but I'm committed to you know to learning and, and doing a good job. And they said, sometimes y'all just make the best teachers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you converts. Yeah. Yeah. And so I signed up, and I taught the... Um, the first communion year oh, okay. with a bunch of sweet yeah. second graders and yeah, the cute age it is. Yeah. And they're so sweet. And I would study, you know, my heart out um, all week to put together a good lesson mm-hmm. um, for Sunday. And I'll never forget a mom, you know, I had sometimes some of the kids would fall asleep and I was doing all the <laughs> teaching things like, how do I make this fun and interesting? And, um, keep the kids engaged. And the mom eventually came to me and said, what are you doing in that class? My kids love it. Oh, really? oh, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It was a great blessing. You, you told me a story that I think is su- such a beautiful Catholic story. If you don't mind sharing with the audience about uh, a, really a tragedy of your sister losing her son and just some of the Catholic elements that really make for a beautiful story that you introduced uh, to her to her son uh, as he was tragically dying uh, last year, right? Yes, yes. Um, yes, I'm, you know, uh, part of my personality is being a sharer. I'm a sharer of information. And, um, you know, as a young child and an adult, I've had a lot of suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm very connected to my suffering. And I feel like as humans at times, if we connected in our suffering, we might just be kinder, more empathetic people yeah. versus trying to connect in all of our worldly successes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we do have is shared suffering and, um, and uh, how I've gotten through mine is my faith. And my sister, uh, and she was in Houston. Her son, um, his name is Christopher, is was twenty was twenty years old, and has Down syndrome, very severe Down syndrome. And um, they both got COVID. And um, he ended up, you know, he he had a lot of comorbidities, right? And he ended up in the hospital. Um, in a very grave um, situation. And so when I uh, found that out. 
you know, I called her and honestly, we had a strained relationship. I'll tell mm-hmm. you, we just weren't on the same paths all the time, but I, it was Christmas in 2021. So just a few yeah, months ago, just less than half a year ago. Yeah. And, um, I just felt God say, you need to, you need to call her. You need to reach out. And I found out how bad it was. And I said, you can't get through suffering like this without Christ. I'm coming right now. And that was Christmas night. And I dropped nine o'clock at night. I dropped everything and drove down there with some St. Serapian oil, a rosary, a Bible, and some blessed salts. And, uh, on Christmas night, on Christmas night, the family's like, Mom, <laughs> they're like, please be careful. You're yeah. like driving late at night. I just felt so called to do it because yeah. we didn't know, like, is he going to live? And I, and she was open to it and it was so beautiful. And mm. so I got there. We convinced the hospital to let me in. Yeah. I got all suited up quadruple mask. I don't even know. I couldn't breathe and all this stuff I had to wear. I don't know how our healthcare workers do it. And uh, we were able to to pray over him and, and rub some of that St. Serapian oil. All we could really get contact with were his feet. And so we just rubbed his feet yeah. and prayed. And um, and then we have had, I go to rosary every Tuesday at my friend Melissa Sapio's house. She's so wonderful. And um, we called her in and prayed the rosary with Christopher and my sister that next Tuesday after Christmas. And um, Melissa goes, I wonder if he's baptized. Mm. And I said, I, I don't think he is. Turns out he wasn't. And I said, oh my goodness, he has to get baptized. He has to. And um, and so we got him baptized. Uh, so I started reaching out to, to priests and was able to arrange his baptism and he died within a few hours after that wow. and got to have his baptism from all a his tiny rights. perspective i mean you know in the early church people used to wait until right before they died to get baptized which the church does not recommend because yeah. it's too too much of a gamble but you know in that case he, he i mean he he must have, especially for a, a beautiful down syndrome uh person and he, he was mostly nonverbal too yeah yeah. It was beautiful. Amazing. I mean, it was a blessing for my sister and for Christopher and everyone who experienced the funeral. Um, they did a graveside service. It really turned something so horrific and sudden into something very beautiful. My sister thanks me to this day. And I know hearts were converted in those moments and will continue to be in, in his name. Yeah. Um, there's so, so many different directions we could go with this. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is the interview of the week. Lauren Davis is my guest. She and her husband, Ben, have three children. They're from Dallas, St. Monica, and Christ the King Parish and owners of a business called The Gents Place. And, you know, there's been a whole lot of other suffering. We won't have touch on all that. You lost your father in a car accident mm-hmm. right before, I think, right after you graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And one of your businesses got hit by the tornado yeah. in Dallas a few years ago. And uh, one, one thing I admire about you is that you, you seem like the person that, w- w- you know, you're not afraid to get involved. You're not afraid to defend. You know, if you see your kids, whether it be issues at schools, uh, you know, m- most of us don't even know who our mayor is, much less, you know, what's going on in the local community. We really need to focus on that, don't we? Yes. Yeah. I, the one thing is, yes, I've experienced a lot of suffering and, you know, my son Pierce is such a gift from God and survived three open heart surgeries. And, and my kids are my inspiration daily, as I think a lot of parents would relate to. And I just think the world we're living in now, our families are under attack, in my opinion. Yeah. In my uh, experience at a minimum is that the family is under attack and, um, and our communities are sick. 
And we need to get involved in whatever capacity that shows up in your life. And I think that's different for everybody. And it's different at every phase of your life. You know, you're here on the radio and ministering to people. And I've, I've ministered in my community and family and community in many ways. I work with the homeless doing a pop-up barbershop once a month at Austin Street Center. And we, we pray with people. We cut their hair. We give them dignity. And I think the integration of our faith back into every part of our life is extremely important and needed at a time like this. Um, I think there's a war on Christians, um, happening and, um, and uh, it maybe it's going to look different than it has in the past or that it does in other countries, but um, the persecution is increasing. Yeah. And um, raising our kids and fighting for them, demonstrating that we are fighters. I, I personally fought and advocated in, in Dallas ISD for my children. Mm-hmm. Right? They experienced a lot of persecution for decisions we made as a family with them over some of the mandates. And, and it's not about being anti-anything. It's about advocating for your children. Mm-hmm. And that shows up sometimes with kids or maybe who dyslexic and need resources and aren't getting the resources they need in public school. And maybe the family doesn't have the means to go get a private tutor or additional education. We depend on our our, our local resources, right? Whether it be public school or local governments or anything. And so when I see an injustice, I go straight into action. It's just a gift mm-hmm. God gave me. Yeah. And it really has to do with the, the virtue of fortitude, you know, where, uh, and I think that's, you know, courage, fortitude, where a lot of us, are lacking it because we, you know, I'm speaking for myself. You want people to like you. You want, you know, kind of, kind of take the, the, the easiest road, but sometimes the, the right road is the hard road, isn't it? I think, and you've taken that a few times in your life. Yes. Yeah. We've taken it in business. It's not in in our whole life, right? We've, my husband, Ben and I have never taken the easy road and it's, it is shaped and formed our character. And I think that's what Jesus wants us to do. I think that's what we're called to do, but I think it does look different for everybody. And ours Mm -hmm. was our initial jump into entrepreneurship. That is a hard road. I remember days him coming home and being like, I don't know how to make payroll, Mm -hmm. you know, but when you are willing to take everything that God has given you here on this earth and lay it on the table, he will not leave you hanging. Mm -hmm. He will not leave you alone. And he has not left us alone. And I'll tell you, there's been times where I've felt alone um, and I use those moments to cry out and say, please help. Yeah. I cannot do this on my own. Please show me the way I'm here. I'm ready. I'm open. I'm listening. Um, and, and he, and he's responded, um, in ways and it's just built my relationship and my faith and, and in my Catholic faith, particularly. Yeah. It sounds like every, Every area of your life, your Catholic faith shines through. I mean, the story of Christian and down in Houston and that whole thing is just absolutely beautiful that you're able to organize him getting baptized and the, the rosary and, and all that and uh, your, your friendship with Melissa. But really, you're involved in so many areas of life and business and parenting and schools and, uh, you know, public service. And it really, it, the glue, not to mention your marriage and you know, raising kids. The glue has been your faith, hasn't it? Oh my gosh, the glue is my faith. And it has it has grown in strength and it is weakened. And then it's grown in strength and it's weakened. You know, it's life. It goes yeah. up and down. And so I don't want viewers to think it's been perfect. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. It's not guaranteed easy. I've heard at times, you know, to be a good Christian um, and probably particularly Catholic, uh, you know, you should be accused of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause we're oh, living yeah. it so deeply. You should be accused of being it because you, you 
amplify it. And I know it, or the way our world is going, it is not celebrated as I think it should be. And, um, and so I, I definitely in everything I do, whether it's, you know, um, running for, for office or being a civil servant or volunteering in the homeless community or advocating for my children or being an entrepreneur. We talk about Christ all the time in our mm-hmm. business. You know, not everybody's a Christian that, that works for us, but it's who we are. Yeah. It's who we are. And to leave that out of the story is to leave half of who I am. Yeah. Really to leave all yeah. of who I am. Let's just say that. But to, to leave that out is to leave out who I am. I love the accused of being Catholic. I think about what's going on with the Supreme Court where a lot of this whole abortion thing is being blamed on the Supreme Court justices who are Catholic. And that's why they're going in front of Kavanaugh's house. And, you know, they, they don't like Amy Coney Barrett because, you know, she's Catholic. And right. that's exactly what's happening. They're, they're, Basically hated because they're Catholic and they're holding up, you know, the the the, the um nat- what natural law with in regard to to life. Well, uh, and you're still so young and you have so much life ahead of you. And uh, thank you for your witness. Uh, th- thank you for um, you know being a, a proud and and faithful Catholic and 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 just. Yes all you're doing. So God bless you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. We are happy warriors in our Catholic faith. So I want people to just know to to love their faith. Don't shy away from it, especially when they're being persecuted. Just stand strong and it's going to be okay. And you're going to join the Sarens. Yes, and I am. <laughs> I'm going to keep getting more involved every chance I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you said, it's hard to say no to Margie. Margie it is. Margie John Julio is uh, a very... Uh, convincing person let's just say her faith is inspiring yeah yeah she's and she's another you know she's got the fortitude as well all right well uh my guest has been lauren davis a local catholic businesswoman and mother and uh wife and public servant and uh, you know uh, um uh, uh, mama bear can you, can you take that, yes, that title? mama bear and happy warrior because i yeah. want to say the life can feel hard and dark sometimes but jesus asks us to be joyful and happy And so I do both at the same time. (laughs) Amen. Well, thank you again for taking time to visit in studio. And uh, thanks to Diane Xavier uh, for running the board. Thank you for listening. If you have suggestions for future interviews, you can reach me directly, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. Do you need a new branding strategy that allows you to educate and engage with your local community while building trust and credibility? Decided Excellence Catholic Media offers a very unique branding platform which showcases you as the expert in your industry. Our exclusive publications are open, read, kept, and shared with thousands of readers and communities throughout Texas and nationwide. To learn more about our powerful branding solutions, please contact Doreen Chaney at dchaney at decidedexcellence.com. That's D-C-H-A-N-A-Y at decidedexcellence.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to invite our KATH listeners to an information session about our new KATH Radio Ambassador Program. If you've ever thought about ways to volunteer for the GRN, this is a great opportunity. If you're interested and would like to hear more, join us for a light breakfast and information session on Saturday, November 12th from 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. To RSVP, email us at kath at grnonline.com. That's kath at grnonline.com. My children need their wisdom teeth out. Where can I go? Hi, 
I'm Dr. Kyle Eberlein with MidCities Dental and a sponsor of this great station. Getting wisdom teeth out can be nerve-wracking. We are here to help. If you want an atmosphere where you can get all your dental needs taken care of, including wisdom teeth removal under sedation, we would love to meet you. You can look us up at midcitiesdental.com to schedule an appointment. The Catholic Marketing Network, CMN, invites you to their 2022 Christmas event on December 16th through the 18th at the Hilton Anatole in Dallas. This family Christmas event features inspirational talks from Father Mike Schmitz, Chris Stefanik, family activities, including Christmas pageant, live music, fun games and activities, pictures and story time with St. Nicholas, gift shopping, and more. For information and tickets, cmnchristmas.com. That's cmnchristmas.com. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.